The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovey, it's always game day in Buffalo. Should be an interesting one. Let's rewind for a minute, Matt. Um, oh yeah, oh, I yeah. have. You 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 did the pod. I I haven't listened yet. Sorry, shame on me. I know. Oh I, I mean, come you, on, you man. I I know. I was on the way back, and then to be I honest, I recorded you, that at like twelve thirty in the morning on I, Monday I morning I, in Missouri. Our own our own pod, and I didn't even get a chance to listen partly uh, because I was dealing with. Um, I have become kind of like public enemy number one in Kansas City and the Bills media here because I'm like I just think it was. I, I've I've tweeted out some things that you know saying that you know, pointing out it was an offsides on Kadarius Tony. But then what I did was I I took the George Brett, you know, running after the umpire in 1983 and going crazy and put it next to Patrick Mahomes and going crazy on the sideline and basically had some fun with a meme and some Kansas City fans didn't like it. I love Kansas City fans. It's a great place. But you have had now, I don't know, you mm-hmm. tell me, how much of your pod was that conversation? Because we've heard a lot now over the last 48 hours since we're recording this about that situation. We've seen the reaction from Kansas City. What's your big picture thought on all of that now? That it was a penalty and that the argument is a stupid one that even though it was a penalty, it's not always called. And how right. can you call it in that moment of the game? Like, I don't necessarily, I feel like their argument the week prior on the no P 
DPI call against the Packers is significantly stronger and more egregious than this one. And you can say, well, look what happened in the play. Well, if you watch the replay, you see the flag thrown the second after the ball is snapped before any of that play even happens. So when I see that and I see the replay and I see the zoomed in view of it, and then I start to see people breaking down all of the other times that players are lined up offsides. Well, listen, I mean, like Dan Orlovsky from ESPN did something where it's like he showed that Tony was lined up offsides like all of these different times throughout the game. But what I want to know is what if the Bills knew like what if the Bills caught that? What if the Bills knew that and then said something to the official, he's lining up offsides and they waited and they did it intentionally. Like I don't know if that's the actually what happened or if they just waited until that moment to call it or if that one was so egregious that they couldn't not call it. So I, I just think it's so overblown and I think it's like typical the officiating in the NFL stinks. It is inconsistent and it is unreliable, but let's complain about it when it actually stinks, not when they actually make the right call. And if Chiefs fans want to complain about calls made at bad times in games benefiting somebody, well, did you watch the Super Bowl last year? Because you kind of benefited off of the exact same thing and won a Super Bowl because of it. So if you're going to take the one, you have to live with the other. No doubt about it. It's all well said. Um, yeah, they, their complaint isn't even that it wasn't a penalty. It's but you shouldn't have called it, which is a yeah. odd complaint if you know it was uh-huh. a penalty. And let me just explain to everybody here because I think that the word warning has been used a little bit too liberally and loosely in this situation. Andy Reid came out again. Well, you know, supposed to give a warning. No, no, no. The, the word warning is a little too much. But what what does happen though? It is it is a communication between the officials and the teams and the players. And that happens in everything. Uh-huh. I mean, there's communication even about holding Matt, which is as you know, you might say to a left tackle, hey. You're getting close there. There might be a communication throughout the game. Hey, buddy, you know, hands, got to watch your hands. I'm going to have to throw that. That could happen during the game. Might not happen, but that's a communication between the officials. They might say to the left tackle, hey, you might need, you need to slide up. You've been lined up a little bit too deep. Things like that. They don't have to, but in this situation, here's what everybody's upset about. I played wide receiver. I coach football. I will tell you, you are taught at a very young age at wide receiver because you're further away from the ball that when you get out there to line up because – Sometimes there's a crown on the field. You're a lot farther away from the ball. It's not as easy as people think. You just should know exactly where the neutral zone is. Yes, you do, but you know your foot can be a little bit here or there. So what you do is when you get out there, you look over to the official who's on the side and you say, I'm on, I'm on. You hold up your hand. Am I good? Am I good? You're not really doing it, Matt, to tell him to see if you're lined up offside. You're doing it to make sure you're not lined up in the backfield. Because the Uh official is looking for too many men on the line of scrimmage or not enough men on the line of scrimmage, I should say. So Uh if you're in the backfield, he might say, scoot up, scoot up. Because he doesn't want – he's trying to help you not have any illegal formation penalty. He doesn't have to. But sometimes he might tell you, yeah, you're too far over the line. But it's that egregious? He doesn't have to help you. He never – there's no rule that says he has to. There's no warning that has to be given. And when we watched the video of Kadarius Toney, what did he do? He broke the huddle. He looked. And Matt, what he did was – he waved and he turned around. That's it. He waved and he turned around. He didn't actually get like a confirmation at all from the official. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any sort of, as my headphones fell, sorry. He didn't have any, the, the official didn't look at him. He just looked at him, turned around. He went a step over. That's a penalty. There was no warning that had to mm-hmm. be given. There is a communication, but it doesn't matter. Even if you have that communication, there's no requirement for that communication. I mean, he also looked at the ref all the way on the other side of the field who conceivably wouldn't have been able to see him because he was lined up so far up basically in front of the center. And if he would have turned the other way and checked there, then and that's the guy who threw the flag. 
So the communication happened with somebody who didn't even probably see him. And also, you communicate to avoid getting the penalty, not even from lining up wrong, but just like when you say, hey, am I good? They're not going to call a penalty on you if they don't say anything. So unless you have that communicate, you know what I mean? Like if you go, hey, I'm good, and they clearly see you and they don't say anything, they're not throwing the penalty there. But if they don't even see you trying to do that, which is what I'm assuming the guy who was closer to him, what happened, they're going to throw the flag. So like if you want to be mad at somebody, you should be mad at your wide receiver for making, even though it's not a big mistake, a costly mistake. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And I I, I was more upset at First of all, I was I was upset as a fan, <coughs> excuse me, a fan of Andy Reid, the guy who I think is one of the greatest of all time. What he does, I really respect him as a coach. For him to kind of take the lead on complaining about it after the game was a bad look oh, and embarrassing for the organization. Yes. And then Patrick Mahomes just doubled down. And Patrick, you know, I know he's upset. I get it. He's emotional. Bills fans would be. Players might be. But for Patrick Mahomes to meet Josh Allen at midfield, and to complain about the call instead of telling Josh, hey, great game, stay healthy, and letting that go just in that moment, I thought that was pretty Bush League. Now, I will credit Patrick Mahomes for apologizing on the radio on 610 in, in, in Kansas City, and I think that was great, and I think that he, he was heated, but that rubbed me very wrong. Like, look what happened after 13 seconds. Did Josh Allen say to Patrick Mahomes, I can't believe I didn't get the ball. I can't believe I didn't get the ball. It's overtime. We should change the rules. He didn't do that. He was gracious. He tapped him, said, stay healthy, good luck, whatever that conversation was. He went off. That's what bothered me about it. I get it. He apologized since then, but all of that should not have had to happen. I will say the fact that he apologized and he literally did it the next day for me goes a long way because I'm sure at that moment he was very, very heated. He was very frustrated. And I almost don't even think he was frustrated on the actual penalty. I think he's frustrated on this team not being as good as they thought they were going to be because they basically won the Super Bowl with these same players last year. And now they have taken a massive step back now given their schedule. They have four games left this season, just like the Bills. They are playing against four backup quarterbacks. They could still find themselves the one seed in the entire AFC, but I think they're like one game away from feeling really confident about that. It's almost like the inverse of the Bills. If the Bills had one more win, you would feel really confident that they were going to go to the playoffs. Right now, I think most people feel like, okay, there's a chance. I think it's the same conversation in Kansas City, but instead about making the playoffs, it's about being the one seed. I think most people are probably like, okay, there's a chance, but it doesn't look great. And if they had one more win, it would be like, oh no, there's a really, really good chance. And we know Patrick Mahomes is not going to have to go on the road to play a playoff game, which he still has not done. So I think it was kind of a culmination of like frustration on the call, frustration that their team just is not that good anymore offensively. They were averaging 19 points in their last five games. They scored even less than that against the Bills defense that was super banged up. So I, I just don't think they're that legit. If you took right now the Bills and Chiefs and put them on a neutral field, I think the Bills win by 10 points. I think they, sh- I think they, sh- they did everything they could to keep that game close. 
Like mm-hmm. I think the yep. Bills should have won by. Like more. they've done all year, by the way. Like they've done all year, by the way. It's right. Exactly. I mean, like that's um, you know, that's that's been a theme of this year. The other thing that came out of this game from the Bills side, and it's it's a shame too because, in here, I'll tell you the story. I was after the game. We're all in the post game press conference. I walk out. Jeff Darlington was there from ESPN. And I said mm-hmm. to Jeff, "Man, great game, huh?" I had no idea about Mahomes and Andy Reid at the time. And Jeff Darlington looked at me and he said, yeah, it's a great game, but the story is going to be the Patrick Mahomes and his reaction. I said, what are you talking about, Jeff? And he said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the headline, the way that they acted, which he's right. And that's a shame. The, the point I'm making is we should be talking about this big Bills win, but instead we're talking about it from the Kansas City side and their reaction, unfortunately. Now, maybe that helps the Bills. That Not all the focus is on them going forward, but from the Bills side, Matt, we also got a lot of support for Sean McDermott after this game, after what happened last week. Every mm-hmm. player that I had a microphone in front of in some capacity said, we have Sean's back, he has ours. In some way, that was said by every single person I talked to. I think it was very clear after the game, first off hearing from the players, but more importantly hearing from Sean, just how much this one meant. And that's not to say that like, Everything in the article, I'm not even saying like things were wrong or any of this stuff. I'm just saying like, I almost think they used, even though they won't say this, I almost feel like this article from Tyler Dunn at Go Long kind of brought these guys together and almost re-energized them to be like, this team loves being doubted and being the underdog. And the minute the entire country started doubting them and started thinking that they were going to be written off is when they played maybe their... I don't want to say best game of the year, but when they got their biggest win of the year, second biggest win, let's say the Dolphins won earlier in the year, was their biggest one. And that's why I feel like we have always said, you need to hit your stride at the right time. And they got to get in. It's the conversation we just had with Brian. It is still less than a 50% chance that they get in. But I can't sit here right now and say, I think they have a chance to run the table the rest of the regular season. And I think they have a chance to get into the playoffs and like really make some noise because mm-hmm. it's not that we're not that far removed. The best chance this team has ever had at winning a Super Bowl was when they went up with 13 seconds left on the clock in Kansas City. And that was in a season where they were, we were having these exact same conversations around Christmas time because they had to go on the road and beat the Patriots to give themselves still a chance at making the playoffs. And they did that. And then they won the rest of their games and then they got hot at the right time in the playoffs. So for me, I think still to this day, there's four games left. If they win three, even though there's all those other teams in front of them, I would feel very confident that they're going to get in. And if you get in, I do not think there's a team in this AFC that you cannot beat. I think legitimately they would be favored against every single team in the first round of the playoffs, even on the road, except Baltimore. But I'm just assuming Baltimore gets the one seed. Yeah, no, it's all a great point. And you're right about, you go back to 2021, they had the same record at the same time, seven and six. Mm-hmm. After that, um, the Tampa game, the wind game against the um, New England Patriots, the Tampa game in overtime, seven and six, they went up running the table and beating New England to gain that game back and then winning the division ultimately. And you said it, there's a whole big group there. So let's look at the schedule and see how everything impacts the Buffalo Bills in week number 15. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.